Welcome to the show. Just get right to it. Yeah. This is the host who, for the last time, one final time this year, will lead this program. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Show, final show 2016, episode 273. Welcome back. It's something unresistible, and in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. Three people need to recharge their batteries, their life batteries, and they're going to get together one time in 2016, one final time. Talk, BKV, Cliff Chang, Paper Girls, Volumes One and Two. Then we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Live to tape. Mm. You know? Winter break right around the corner. New tradition on Paper Keg. Winter break. Maybe there's going to be other seasonal breaks. You know? Fall break. Boy, I tell you, at Karate Chop, with the brilliant idea of bringing it up to Slim during Q316, I won't stop talking about it now. So at Karate Chop, <laughs> Merry Christmas, pal. Merry Christmas, friend. What? If there's one memory that stuck with me, right? it's the genius that is Karate Chop mentioning how one of his podcasts took a break. Right. And it, it saved them. You know? And flash, flash forward to the ride home uh, in Jonesy Suburban on I-80, the New York Thruway. Slim staring out the glass window with the, with the Adirondack trees. You could see in the reflection of the window as he gazes out, like, the, like some movie. Mm-hmm. Secret He's Garden, mulling it over, background. Mulling it over for six hours on the ride home. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, speaker right there was VP of trying to hold the show together. VP of merch. He's in charge of all the t-shirts. Dale underscore a welcome back. Feels great to be back. I am happy to be here. Happy to do this one final time, 2016. It's uh, an honor and a privilege, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, if we want to really part the kimono, we can get real. Oh, <laughs> Dale's butt cheeks. Jonesy looked like looks like he just saw two cars totally each other in front of his own <laughs> face. He doesn't know what he just heard. Headlights beaming in his in his face. <laughs> Two xenon headlights. I've never seen his eyebrows go up that high before. I don't, I don't know what just happened. Uh, I actually suggested the winter solstice over G Chat one day, and. I'm not going to lie to you, it went radio silent for like two weeks after that <laughs> suggestion. I didn't hear a peep 
There was know, emotions were running the gamut after that text. Oh. And I thought my phone was broken. Right, right, yeah. You thought your phone was broken when you specifically said, "Don't respond now." Just mull it over. You told us you did the digital version of sticking your index finger to our lips, shushing us <laughs> as you as you let that one slip out there. And I never did hear back from that idea until recently. Well, because it was on my mind since then. Every day, the trees against my window as I mulled it over. Yeah. One final living host. He's a writer. Uh, so you know, we're ready for the book club of Paper Girls Volumes 1 through 2, BKV. We went to the BKV expert, you know, and they turned us down flat. <laughs> so we have Jonesy Loves Beer. Welcome back. Is that why you were late, Dale, to set up your old mixer for this episode? No. So I was late. To... <laughs> we're not late. Oh, boy. What mixer are you using right now? Is that your uh, old mixer? No. no. Yes, it's my <laughs> old mixer. <laughs> oh, boy. Playing. Playing with podcast. Wise, <laughs> the meeting of all wisdom. Playing with podcast fire right now with that old mixer. That is a ticking time bomb for audio quality. It's like the old. It's like my velveteen rabbit. It's the Christmas season. <laughs> oh boy! I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be really afraid to speak from now to the end of the show. I feel like every time I'm about to talk. Legend will just be blaring the, in the background. The, the good bad thing is, I have you know my iPad three powering the music. So when I click a button, ten minutes later the music plays. <laughs> so you might only get Legend because if I change apps, it's game over. Oh boy, uh, Paper Girl Volume One and Two. We put it out to the Twitter last week. We put it out to the Twitter friends of the show. What should our final book club be for 2016? And then uh, Paper Girls was suggested on Twitter <laughs> by yeah, a real yeah, friend yeah. of the show. I think as soon as it was suggested, we like we jumped on it immediately. Yeah, like, we knew we that all, was we were, the one. We were all in agreement. I think once we all saw that tweet, we thought it was a great idea. Yep. We, we saw other good ones, so maybe 2017. Yeah, the first few suggestions are uh, friend of the show suggestions. Mm. First few book clubs. Yeah, I, I actually I texted these guys, parting the kimono at least up to the belly button at this point. And <laughs> to see, <laughs> I mean, I I told the guys flat out, every one of these book clubs I want in our hearts and our minds, 
mm-hmm. come at, come post break because they are that good of suggestions. We had some good suggestions. Yeah. yeah. A lot of good things coming down the pike. Did you finish Longmire yet? Talk to me. You know, I uh, I did not. You know, <sighs> I'm sorry. I, I watched, I think, the one more uh, Friday night and I was scotch texting you guys mm-hmm. and I went back and I read that text thread today. I don't remember texting any of that to you guys. So that's how <laughs> you know, deep I was into scotch and Longmire that night. I barely remember what happened. I was so desperate. Around three o'clock, I was still up and I was just texting Dale. I was like, "Hey, buddy, you still awake? You with me? Because I get, come on, Dale, give me some Longmire commentary." He's probably sleeping upside down in his basement couch <laughs> with uh, the Netflix screen replaying itself. Right, technically ten or twenty le- empty Scotch cups, empty paper cups Netflix, scattered around. Netflix ended Longmire for me. I got to go back now. <laughs> All right, should we get into the book club this week? Mm-hmm. The book that's setting the world on fire, Paper Girls, BKV, Chang, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Jonesy, please, can you walk us through it? I don't know that I can. Paper Girls is something unique. Um, born from homage, very Stephen Kingian, very time bandits, mm. just very nostalgic of the 1980s. And that's where it takes place. The story starts with five, maybe it's four, I think it's five, tough as nails paper delivery girls for the uh, local newspaper. And through the machinations of uh, evil adults, from the far-flung future that send their kids back in time, uh, these paper girls inadvertently become the saviors of the human race. And for 10 issues, we follow their... I don't know if they they physically fight, but we we follow their struggles as they attempt to uh, set right what once went wrong, you know, as they step into the quantum leap accelerator. That's all I got. I don't know how to describe Paper Girls. Like, mm. there, would, there wouldn't be a 25-minute rambling connect th- the dots of the plot. No, I think, if I may, I think you may be on point with sh- the struggle. Uh, because, I mean, this is te- we're 10 issues so far, and I think Paper Girls is in a break right now, so... A good time much like to, us to, to, much like know, us that's why yeah i think we were so gravitating towards the title for the for the final book club of the year um but it's 10 issues but to be able to there's like there's 10 issues of i don't want to say not much happening because things happen but from where you start started and where you end in those 10 issues you're not that much further along in the story like to know what's going on i wonder if it would have been easier to synopsize the first trade i think that it would yeah because it like you definitely get a shift the the end of the first trade there's like a cliffhanger so that you'd be like maybe it would be easier to summarize that one but then like book two goes and like you know gets even weirder 
mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, they fast forward in the 21st century with uh, the older version of one of the kids, which I wasn't expecting. As I think soon, I'd only read issues like one through four before. Well, as soon as like the fifth issue ends, the book takes license to go wherever the F it wants. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like you could never pick this book up at issue six and expect to know what the F is going on. I felt like it all had, I don't know if this is just the speed that I was Not reading, a negative comment. I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like it went in a direction I wasn't expecting and it went there really fast. Even though it was 10 issues, like mm -hmm. from what I remember, they find, you know, these young paper girls in the 80s stumble, I think it's the night after Halloween or the night of Halloween. And I believe it's the, the morning. What's Devil's Night, the night before? Halloween? Um, Mischief Night is the Mischief night, night. I think it's the start of Halloween Day. Mischief okay. Night into Halloween Day. And Fe they see. I'm probably wrong, so. Don't bother fact-checking me. I don't care. <laughs> the fact-checkers have the night off. They got the next few weeks off. Yeah, thank God for that. And <laughs> <laughs> so they stumble upon some weirdness while on their route. They see kind of like a weird alien object in a basement in an abandoned house, and they see some dudes in like, like dirty zombie rags, and they find like a futuristic Apple device. It's like an Apple iPhone from, you know, the year 2030. And these kids find it in the 80s. At least that's what I think it is. And Slim was absolutely chub factor 9.9, .9, Mr. <laughs> Worf, when he saw that thing. And I don't know. Maybe it just felt like, um, I don't know. I think I just, maybe I read it too fast. And that's, that's what's giving me these implications that it happened so fast. Like, maybe I felt like it was going to be slower, like them finding out what's going to happen or maybe that was all going to take place in the 80s because the second trade takes place in like 2016 and um the end of that trade they're trying to figure out what's going on and by the end of that trade then they i guess i think they all go further into the future and we don't know what year they're in yet by the time volume three comes out yeah so if i could piggyback on that real quick so how it uh i purchased it is volume one of some comiXology uh, volume two collected is not yet out, so he bought you. I bought six, seven, eight, nine, and ten individually. So, you know, when you end a book of comicsology, you just have the option to tap and start a new issue. Like I was not paying attention to issue number. By the time I went to tap, and there was nothing there. Like this book is a breakneck pace. Like you're not even like you don't even realize how much you've read mm -hmm. until there's not a next issue. And I don't think. I think. To read 10 issues, I was thinking this was going to take me you know, a couple hours. And I think I read it in like one sitting, maybe like an hour, hour and 10 minutes. It was a very quick read, which is refreshing. And it just, it shows that the pacing is there. But I think I was left with like a feeling of what did I just read? For yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting that you got, you both of you gentlemen are, are having the same kind of reaction that I had too, and it's and I don't know if it's based on built up expectations. I knew nothing about Paper Girls. I knew what I knew of Paper Girls was I was going to get nostalgic about the eighties, but it turns out that's four issues of the series overall. Like there's mm -hmm. not much to the eighties as as it is. But I was thinking like Stranger Things in comic book form. That's what my preconceived notion going in was. But what? 
it what it is it's a good i pictured it like another like a goonies early teen adventure story because mm-hmm. it's not too heavy it's you can take a lot of it at face value it doesn't get too deep with the time traveling kind of stuff so i had like the goonies theme playing in my head as they're like pedaling ass bikes through their neighborhood you know avoiding this this kind of stuff it's like goonies with a sci-fi adventure but i was about to say that yeah but it's very you know it was very uh at like at face value and you don't even though they're time traveling you're not really sure what it's all about they one of the one of the girls erica i think is her name she runs into her future self when they get zapped to the future and then she runs into a clone of herself who comes back in time. And you find out they're kind of being manipulated with because of a, a friend that's missing and they find her field hockey stick with like doodles on it and sketches telling telling Erica to or Aaron to to not trust the other Erica. Now, does that mean it's the future Erica? Does that mean it's the doppelganger clone Erica? Yeah, when it was explained to me that the other Erica was a clone, I think that I think for me that's when the book got kooky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it got. I think it it only got kooky because I just wanted to know what it was all about. I mean, it's like it's implied that the young kids are battling the old people. But what does that mean? Are they? Are the old people just yeah, called the elders? Are they, are they in fact old, an older generation? Or are they just called that because that's their side of the, the army, of the war? I was going to say that feels like, I think that's the overarching theme. Mm-hmm. Is like, there's two. I think there's young people versus olds. and then Or anyone over 30. Don't trust anyone over 30. And then there's also, don't waste your childhood which I thought was going to be a bigger theme and maybe it will later because the one character gets zapped or or is touched by one of the aliens and then her life flashes before her eyes, but it's just her playing video games. Mm -hmm. And then that's, I thought like, oh, okay, this is pretty overt in explaining what the theme is. But then it's actually never touched upon really again for the next 10 issues. Yeah, and and since the story is moving at such a breakneck pace, it's hard to kind of you know, get the life lessons in between that. Because the other girl, I mean, and the other girl, it's a little better told, but she basically finds out she dies in the future of leukemia. So immediately she's sort of facing this danger with a new bravery because she knows she's going to die. Fighting aliens is not how she dies. She dies of leukemia. So she has like this new newfound courage that she you know, keeps touching upon and keeps uh, referencing throughout the book. But, like, I, as soon as I found out that she died, I'm like, let's, all right, let's slow down. Let's, like, let's think about what's the heck <laughs> is happening. Let's talk here. about what this means here. Yeah. And it was, was actually, like, it's my heart broke. The, the, the one character is actually Aaron, Aaron the one with the uh, older self. Um, though there's a few bits that uh, I really enjoyed. And I'll, first, I'll start about thing i didn't but any kind of futuristic um or brian azarello does this where he he like writes a language and it's kind of futuristic or it's different than what you're used to and it just annoys the crap out of me because it's so hard to read and 
you get a little bit of that in this book, but then it, it it's explained very well because the kids go to the future and they're in Aaron's house and she has a TV and they're like, holy crap, how did you pay for this TV? Or like, is this a TV? Are you rich? Did you win the lottery? And they're, she puts on the news and one of the things that the newscaster says is like, um, you know, our social media team just found this Vine posted by Twitter user you know, XX1235 and let's play it right now. And then the girls are like, what language is she speaking? <laughs> <laughs> and like reading yeah. it out loud, you totally understand it at that point. Like that is why the language is so hard to read because it's true. It's only been 20, 30 years and these, it's true. You wouldn't be able to understand what the hell anyone is saying on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not even remotely. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, so I don't know the, the bits with the, the the kind of freaky clothed dudes they kind of didn't last very long um mm-hmm. and there's you only get bits and pieces of their story it wasn't enough to figure out again like you said what the heck was going on completely agree you don't even get enough in again in 10 issues like you only see the the soldiers a little bit and then their kooky leader who i'm guessing the third trade will be like all them but um it was interesting that you only get bits and pieces in the first trade really from them and then never again. And you're kind of with older Aaron. Um, I don't know. Was, I enjoyed it, but it was totally unexpected about where it went. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I totally enjoyed it, but I think if I were to attempt trying to read it on a monthly basis, it's, it's been 10 months or more since it's come out and like buying it at that pace, really when you break it down, like what has happened and I, maybe you're supposed to enjoy the ride and maybe it feels different if you're reading it one issue at a time over 10 months. But to 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 look back from issue one to issue 10, you don't know who the old leader is or the soldier is or what what they're fighting for. And then there's the, like the huge cliffhanger, the big implication at the end of volume two is like you're in this weird dystopian future with like Apple worship like there's like the pagan goat on the side of the mountain oh, who's like yeah. beholding the apple symbol and, and that like feels like another theme like to not entrust too much in technology which he kind of has done already in um private eye right mm-hmm. oh yeah which totally. i forgot about so I wonder which is if, a stupendously good book mm-hmm. private eye so i'm wondering how much he gets into the technology thing because i feel like he's done it already so I, i'm wondering if this is a as a trick or some, of some kind, I don't know. Yeah, it's very possible, like, especially from starting from 88, you know, when there was severe lack of it, to see how these how this generation from 1988 perceives, like, what the heck happened. Mm-hmm. How, like, maybe humanity has derailed itself because of the reliance on technology and stuff like that. But it, it from what I gather, when they, they were in the basement and the machine zapped them, that made them clones. Did anyone else get that? No, I uh, I thought that protected them from like the time stream. Oh, I I thought they were protected because they were clones or like they were duplicates. So where are the originals? Um, I don't know, but I think my theory just kind of was awash because she has the scar of the surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, I always wondered how I got this scar." Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know why I did that head bob. (laughs) Well, just like a paper girl in 1980. (laughs) 
1988. But the only reason I thought that was because that would explain why she didn't remember. Maybe like from that point on, there, these sets of girls were kind of doing their own thing and that the regular versions still lived out their lives. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's, that's true too. How about when they first went back to Aaron's house after like they ran into those mutant teenagers and uh, mm-hmm. she just like walks in the front door and screams for mom and dad. Oh, they're not here. Guess they're not here, guys. Let's uh, let's go find something else. There's got to be something. Like, she didn't go through the house. You didn't go through <laughs> mom and dad's bedroom, your sister's bedroom. She's screaming from the foyer, mom, dad, they're not here. <laughs> Something's wrong. They're not here. Well, maybe they're sleeping. 1988 was a different time. Also, the time period from them discovering the machine to um, the one mother, stepmother, knowing that the whole society is turning to S. That was like, it felt like 10 minutes. Yes. Like what has happened yes. in this time period that we, we, it's only been like 10 minutes. How do you understand that everything's going to crap? Right. There's, and there's less coverage of, you know, TV and stuff like that. There's like, there's 10 channels back then. Maybe <laughs> yeah. like, what are you garnering from? Well, they didn't feel the need to get it a second opinion back then. You know? I mean, no. she, she, at the first sign of trouble, she like dove under the mattress for that revolver. She was just going to do the business. She was just. <laughs> she did. I mean, she heard like one thunderbolt outside. She's like, "Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it's it. over. It's, it's the end times now." She's uh, she's drinking. She's drunk on rumple mints. <laughs> like, did you <laughs> notice the gold schlager? No, I didn't see that. Total rumple mints, like oh, raspberry God. liquor, whatever. I had. I can't even smell rumple mints anymore. It just makes you want to gag. Slim used to get a IV of Rumpelman's whenever he went to the Ivy Lane Cafe. They used to just, you know, get a fresh syringe and hook it right to his forearm and pump it in. There's a little drip. That's a kimono part if I ever heard one. Listen, you know, y'all. The kimono's all the way down to my terrible chest scar. There was no kimono at that point, at that time in my life. It was all bets were off with my Rumpelman's and miscellaneous. Rumpelman's in like in a shot glass over, over ice. It was Rumpelman shots. Now, it was a from, pint from glass five, of Rumpelman's. From five to three That's what it was. Well, you know how we used to play darts, and every time you missed, you didn't get like a bullseye. You had to do a shot. <laughs> typical. Typical. Know, that lasted until, you know, until we couldn't remember anything. Right. That's what somebody, our lives were. Somebody won darts or peed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> or went to go throw up at a bathroom stall. Oh, man. Remember how terrible those bathrooms were? Oh, those, were, those bathrooms were an abomination, and I've been a part of the reason why they were. I mean, they're not like they're like the stall, but like what's the the dude stall? The, the urinal? The urinal? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you just say dude stall? Dude stall. I mean, better. you go to a, you know sometimes you can't get to the sink in time, and all you have is the dude stall. Yeah. And you just got to unload out of your mouth and pretend yeah. like it wasn't you, and you go back outside. And guess and what, party. Slim? You see a ton of chicken wings even back then, so you can imagine. Oh, man, the chicken <laughs> in the dude in the dude stall. You piece of crap! <laughs> you are a you are an abomination. That's disgusting. Your head playing Operation with the dude stall. You're trying not to touch the sides of it. <laughs> Listen, it was a wild time. Okay, it's in the past. Different. We've all grown. We've all evolved mm-hmm. as people. All right. Purchased silk kimonos since then. <laughs> <laughs> Paper girls. Paper girls. I mean, what's the feeling? I like it. Was that a good bon voyage? I, book? It was. I feel like I'm just still not over 
uh, how unexpected it, it 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 went. Yeah, I don't know how to convey that. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I always don't. see this book like lauded in my Twitter stream, like, oh, the best book, mm-hmm. and okay, it's I, good. I just don't know if it's worthy of all that praise. I got to tell you, the uh, the cover art design. is fantastic. The art oh, is yeah. fantastic. The cover design, genius. colors, genius, absolutely stunning. Though I do think your your pitch as sci-fi Goonies is perfect as well. I feel oh, like yeah. this is sci-fi Goonies. So in that respect, it's on point. That's true. It and is I think so maybe true. I just wasn't expecting, um, you know, like level five sci-fi. I was expecting like kind of low-key level one. Not like you know? Manhattan Project's level like sci-fi. Still like the, the girls like running around on their bikes chasing after the zombies yes, for like 10 issues. That's a good that's a good point. Like creepy German, creepy German guy. Like that level of like maybe monster squad levels of yeah, adventure, yeah. you know. You mean you are prepared for a clone of one of the girls donning an exoskeleton and uh, <laughs> eradicating people in the street? Like like level 10 would be them uncovering a, prof- a German professor in their school is maybe evil. And they like go to school and like eventually uncover his his plot after ten issues. Like yeah. that was out the window by the end of issue three. Yeah, so. it's like oh, this is a whole new ride we're about to go on. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's very good point. I think that's Thank what. You. And it would be cool to like have that. You know. Yeah. Still yearning for that. So we can't we can't fault Paper Girls for not being that right. You know that's our own preconceived. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Hope. I agree. Thank you. I agree. Thank that's, you. That's great, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, there what you a have show. It. Yeah, let's just wrap it up early. You know, let's just, just skip letters. The letters will be we'll there. Answer the letters in twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen letters will return. No, I'm just kidding. We should go through the letters. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them. To you. Letters at papergag.com. You shoot us a letter. We probably won't get to it until 2017. FYI. All right, I'm going to take a drink because this next letter. Good luck with this one. Is on the long side. The uh, subject says Mouthy style pupa goodness oh lies ahead. Guy listened to insects when he wrote this letter. Uh, Hello, my friends. Been a while. I teach sixth grade, and you know those 108 students of mine can keep me pretty busy. So much so, I have even procrastinated doing a lightning round for my boy under an anchor's second issue of The Original. Mm. And he plugs, uh, visit anchorcomics.bigcartel.com to snag your copy today. Make a great gift for kids and old people alike. Thumbs up emoji. John Z, my review of the comic could be just days away. I I felt like that didn't need to be added, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, with holidays drawing near and gifts needing to uh, soon be exchanged, I wanted to know what are the greatest comics-related gifts you have ever received or given? Did anyone ever give you that rare number one? Did you ever hand your friend a commission from the favorite artist? Did you ever purchase a dark horse hardback for your friend to prevent him from dipping into his children's dwindling college fund? Mm. Uh, did you once give your dead friend money 
to buy a rare item only for him to return with a completely different item and never pay you back. <laughs> That's close enough. Uh, well, strapping boys, I got a doozy for you. For my cousin's birthday this past November 1st, I decided to get him 12 hardbacks he'd never read before across a variety of genres and publishers outside his wheelhouse. On the outside of each individually wrapped book was a quote from the book inside in a month he could actually read it. The idea is for him to open one a month until his next birthday. Example, October. Death sits upon his shoulder, not for him, but for those who ally themselves with him. Because he and I are so busy, I figured it'd be a good way to plan a steak dinner every 30 days or so and do a mini book club around that month's book. Slim, please don't get any ideas of making PK a once a monthly podcast. Too late. Uh, I think <laughs> the plan is it's not even a podcast anymore. Uh, before I he's go, a, here's my listener lightning round four. At go Karate Chop on the Twitter. Look him up. At <laughs> uh, Insects and Enigma, uh, written by Marguerite Bennett and Peter Milligan, with pictures by Ariella Cristantina and Duncan Fegredo, respectively. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought I'd give reading along with the book clubs a try by dipping my toe into some light reading. When I discovered the nature of the books, I hated the way each made the skin on my egg sacs tighten. My word. Keep up the great works, boys. Yours truly, at Nieto underscore NMS on the Twitter. And he writes in a postscript. Thoughts on the Logan trailer? Probably already touched on it, but I could tell you this. I can't remember the last time it went from six to noon so quickly, if you know what I'm saying. Sent the iPad on my lap, spiraling across the room after watching it, if you catch my drift. Had trouble climbing up and down ladders, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I really liked it. How about you? I agree. Uh, possibly the best cut trailer for a superhero movie I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Best trailer. I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Oh, God. First. Yeah. With rose-colored glasses on, biased to the nth degree. No, it was a good... I I, uh, only half paid attention to it. I was forced to watch it during the Doctor Strange trailer, or Doctor Strange movie, so I did see it. You mean you uh, were forced to watch the Doctor Strange movie after going to see the Logan trailer? (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) yes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, one. I gotta tell you, I'm excited. You know, it was confirmed on that mysterious Weapon X Twitter that it is the Reavers. That's that that group of people. Uh, Pierce. Okay. Okay. Two. I, don't, I don't. I know we don't do this, but allow me to go so bold as to produce our lives, a la Jonesy loves beer. Uh, the PK three to see Logan as one. Oh my God! Just, just I want to throw it out there. No need to comment right away. Just oh all over it. Well, I think that's my birthday week when that comes out. Oh boy! Oh. So to answer the letter's first question, uh, for Christmas two years ago, uh, my dear friend Dale uh, got a signed copy of Rocket Raccoon from our dear friend Scotty Young, mm. uh, and had it framed. And poster bordered with a little quote from Scotty, and it hangs in my living room to this day. Ah, mm. yeah, that was a good one. That was a good mm. idea for a gift. Mm. The the uh, the reasoning behind it being one of Scotty's tweets before we even were friends, and I was texting him about Band of Brothers. Uh, was like lit, Rocket Raccoon number four, 
was made while listening to hours and hours of Paper Keg. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So when is your podcast with uh, Scotty getting off the ground? You got five weeks. Have at it. Yeah. Right? No no rest for me. Stay tanned. Yeah. I, Scotty, I mean, I you know, I would love to do with Scotty. I just hashtag bush, book jag. You know, I don't want to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, before we move on, this letter, straight up formatted in Microsoft Outlook. I mean, he used bold, bold. used italics, he used hyperlinks, he used underlines. Under, underline. I want to know more about, uh, I mean, not to the point where we can get a 10-paragraph letter back with an answer, but <laughs> how does he have so many students? Is this one of those like different time periods like you get a period of 30 kids and then you get a second period and it's 108 kids yeah that's probably a lot of kids that's sixth grade that's like when you start changing classes mm. is it that's what i did not in, not in catholic school anyway oh. yeah us catholics didn't do that there you have it next up one at dirk feelgood on the twitter mm-hmm the guy who is, is probably is the biggest believer in los mediocratad Oh, yeah. He's, well, he's Senior Honus is ready. <laughs> Dearest Paper Keg, I would like to wish you all a very happy holidays in advance and that you enjoy your recording break. GD, you have earned it. Well, on a personal level, can't wait for you guys to return in the new year. A rebranded, all-new Paper Keg, all, starring, all starting with a new number one, an ideal jumping-on point for fresh listeners. As I understand it, the plot involves Slim traveling back in time to recruit younger versions of the hosts in the hope that they will take over podcasting duties here in the present, and so freeing Slim from Dale's emotional blackmail to keep going with the show. Uh, how did he find out? I didn't reveal that to anybody. I was probably if, he nailed if, it. <laughs> his face, his face just now nailed it. I am apprehensive to hear a weakly intoxicated Jonesy again, Oof. the return of bad boy Dale, but especially how Mark Farrington copes with the news of his death. R.I.P. Mark. Think of the downloads, babe. See you in Q117, right? That's at Dirk Fearglood. A version. Of, you'll see a version of this, I'm sure. I thought for, I misread that for a second and thought that he meant he was going to come to Q3 17 if there is one. Oh, Jesus. Field come on over, Dirk. You know, making the trek to the lake. He's absolutely welcome. Going to need a bigger house. Not telling, me. You, telling you what, uh, I don't know, that was a pretty big house, right? Yeah, like. but I think we filled all the beds when all of a sudden done. I'll tell you what, that couch, that was the best couch I've ever slept on in my life. It was better I mean, than most beds I've slept on. I think you blew through two Harry Potter books on that couch. <laughs> Did, uh, you know, I was just thinking. We had a great time. Um, I think it might be time for us to sign up for the pro wrestling training for Los Mediocridad. Really? You know, we go to maybe we see how much it costs. We go to a training class. We get the time in. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. See what kind of CrossFit gym is going to rent out once a month to do uh, training. Oh man, yeah. Get in that NXT theory. <laughs> uh, our final letter. Uh, this comes to us from our dear friend Lumberjack Nick. Uh, probably 
what I'd like to hear on the radio. Uh, winter break and the pancreatic cancer results. Hey guys, winter break, huh? Well, y'all deserve it. After providing us listeners with hundreds of hours to warm our hearts with, I say it's the least we could do just to chill out and offer this much earned winter break as our gift to you. That being said, if you do not return after the first of the year, we will hunt you down and burn Philadelphia to the ground. Anyway, thank you for giving my pancreatic cancer fundraiser a shout out. We did, in fact, meet and exceed our goal, raising over $650. Nice job. Congratulations there. As you may or may not know, November is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. I'm currently selling prints of a Star Wars drawing I did for my cousin, uh, who has pancreatic cancer, with all the proceeds going to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Slim, I cannot believe you haven't brought up, uh, brought up reading Plutona for the book club. Mm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that mind-melting ending. Anywho... Uh, have a great Thanksgiving and holiday. Lumberjack Nick. P.S. Read the rest of Bone for the book club. Sounds like a great idea to me. Uh, folks, if you have uh, time, money, inclination, want to support a great cause, uh, seek out Lumberjack Nick on the Twitters mm -hmm. and purchase a Star Wars drawing uh, from that gentleman. It goes to a good cause. Mm. Guy draws Star Wars like nobody's business. He's just constantly drawing Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And for Pancreatic Cancer Month, do it. Check them out. I mean, you know, me and Jack watching the Star Wars trilogy for the oh. first time, father and son. Maybe I get a Star Wars drawing of us as uh, Han and Chewie, you know? Wow. Yeah. Maybe. That would be. Maybe. Well, Lover Jack Nick, I'm going to hit you up on the, uh, the ether. Uh, yeah, I didn't bring up Plutona, but I remember reading it. You guys didn't read Plutona, did you? I did not. No. Okay. Yeah, maybe 2017. Q1. Who knows? You know, if we survive our training. Yeah. <laughs> For not, uh, you know, all racked up like Rip. <laughs> Rip's brother. I don't even know what his name was. Rip. Rip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Google Rip's brother. Rip's put it brother. put the Google to it. Rip's brother no holds Bard. <laughs> so are we uh playing Rocket League or am I just gonna mainline Rip's, some Benadryl? Rip's younger brother Randy. Randy Rip. And his Fred and his friend Craig. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Uh winter break. Uh right around the corner. This is it for twenty sixteen. Thanks everyone for making 2016 our most successful rewarding year ever at paper keg yeah yeah it's been it's this past year has been wonderful let me wax nostalgic on what a great year this was i think this break is going to be good for us i'm not going to cry every night you know it's fine I won't dale cry. i foresee you're the one who's not going to want to come back oh boy Jonesy. dale's going to be like let's push mouth? it out one more week guys yeah. one you more know, week wow. Wow. I mean, especially, what it, especially I mean, winter is technically a, uh, over till like March, so <laughs> so we never that's committed. <laughs> yeah, that's probably definitely like me. I'm gonna have to like it, it, for over the next five weeks. It's gonna work itself out of my time 
availability. So I'm going to have to try to squeeze it back in. I know my wife's <laughs> going to be my wife is going to be peed off at me. I'm going to like accidentally delete the recurring paper keg Tuesday night recording calendar event so that psychologically it's out of Dale's head. (laughs) (laughs) You're stroking your cat like Dr. Claw is uh, (laughs) your master plan is being executed. We'll see everybody in 2017. Three minutes, ten o'clock. You know, if we all put it to a vote, I I might be able wow. to get to weasel in some some Rocket League. Wow! You know, I vote yes. That's my vote. I vote it yes. It all comes down to Dale right now. Wow, Dale. Are we? Ta- I mean, this is. Are we gonna? This is what we're talking about. This is. I mean, that's I what we're talking it. about right now. I can do it. We're yeah, cutting short the fireside. Because eh? <laughs> we don't need a fireside. I mean, this is the minutes. this argument is the fireside. This constitutes the last of the petty cash. But you saying maybe we'll be back in 2017 as the last line of the podcast for for five, six weeks, seven, eight weeks, maybe. You know, I mean, is this really not the fireside right now? This is this could be the fireside. You know. I mean, we we will be back in 2017 whenever Dale states that we will be back. Will we? Got a, already got the, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> My emotional blackmail. You can, you Twitter listeners out there will be crippled when, when Slim has final say and he sends out a, a three-word tweet <laughs> as the last tweet. What three it'll, words? It'll be it'll be four now. words. Oh well, good run. Yeah, had a good run. Jafil. That will be. That's when you know he's Listen, half serious when I, he says Jafil. I, I put myself on the Twitter line. You know no. about the Slack. You no, guys, that, you're never <laughs> in the Slack. Use nets. I have you know, never felt. I'm, more... I'm on the front lines of the Slack, taking Listen. the bullets. Listen, when you work twenty hours a day in a warehouse. You just can't thumb through the slack. Okay, guys? No. And then before you know it, it's like you have 197 missed messages since two hours ago. So you're like, okay, well, there's no chance of catching up there. Slim, I have never felt more like your friend when you stuck up. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> when you stuck up for us like that, it was it meant something. It was beautiful. It was yeah, beautiful. This is, this is the, burge- the re-burgeoning. You know? Right. This, this winter break, there's a re-burgeoning happening you know
Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And that was that was the beginning. Much of like it. that Thanksgiving turkey, we're gonna get that. We're gonna get those uh, neat those injection based basters. Reburge in our friendship with friend juices under the skin. We're gonna stick the needle under the skin and juice it up with some sort of saline based <laughs> savory solution. Right up to the belly button. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what the people, the people need. And we're there, veiny, big veiny. Ah <laughs> uh, man, we got to figure out what book club we're gonna do when we come back. The big one. Yeah. You know. I mean, it'll be May. We'll do some kind of spring summer theme book. <laughs> Maybe Superman. Then May for all seasons. Maybe by that time we'll have a book jag recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag book jag. Uh, shoot what a show how about let's talk about let me get back to Twitter I sent out that one gif on uh, Tuesday Monday morning that Randy Orton gif how did that was, catch on the way it did I don't know but I'll, I'll tell you let me let me load it up so I tweeted tweeted out I guess there's just people that search Randy Orton on Twitter that got retweeted out of nowhere as as of uh what time is it 10 p.m monday sent it out probably 9 a.m monday 690 retweets and for a, a reach of eighty six thousand impressions Jesus. my app my app mentions are all blowed up could barely even use the app oh man so tough for you Are you okay oh here with jonesy i i'm having a reburgeoning Jimmy, don't just trample all over it. Right. I'm just saying. I, I actually, uh, I did. I mean, that's pretty neat, though. I mean, yeah, uh, I would. I don't. I don't. Would never want. Can you imagine like being a popular Twitter person to the point where you're like your tweets are getting 500 retweets every no, tweet? That's why they hire the people to use their Twitter. That's like a full time job. Mm-hmm. That's why I mean, people just. That's why people have to turn just everything off. Yeah, They'd, every I'd notification. Prob- they probably have to. Um, like there's a setting where you can only see mentions from like people you follow. Like I'd probably have to turn that on and like ignore all this junk. I mean, you'd I'd, probably every time be the first I open one the app, out of the three of us to have to do that. So I don't. I wouldn't. No, I'm just a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, question behind the scenes, part the Komodo. How, did you make that gif slit up the leg? <laughs> you know? The Komodo slit. Yeah, I did make that gif. That's pretty neat. Because you are you're in the in the ether now. You're part of the zeitgeist. I mean, it wasn't that much work. There's an app on Mac that you can just like drag a window and record a video that you're watching, and then it makes a GIF out of it. That's pretty great. Yeah, 824 likes, 690 retweets. Holy smokes! There's a WWE underbelly that is admittedly not desirable mm. and i was mm. in it all day That's were you gross. fighting back at all or are you just uh, are we just reading uh, just reading fighting like tweet deck was like useless because tweet deck doesn't group you know like if you get five likes on something it's like you know mm-hmm. 20 pixels of each like and you have to scroll through each one so i had to do that like 800 times 
That was oh, worthless. The at replies to this tweet. There's a lot of like it's getting man- deep. manual retweets where people like added in their own thing. I mean, it's literally the worst, the lamest thing to ever complain about. But what what was the uh, the reply? We're getting deep in the the WW weeds here. The uh, business like pe- killed the business. What's that? that like, there's just people. Wrestling fans are just so weird. Like people talking about. I don't. I don't even, it's like so lame. I don't even want to talk. <laughs> it's it's so, not. Like, I barely even I want mean, to talk at about least it. At Dirk Feelgood and Troy to the Max Extreme are with us right now. They are. But is is Randy Orton the business? No, the pe- people. Wrestling has people that are so into it that they think they know everything about wrestling. Similar to comic book. People are so in the know, mm-hmm. but they don't call wrestling a sport. They call it the business. Like it's a business, oh. but it's it's called like capital T, capital B, the business. It's oh, very man. strange. That is That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> that was deep. Like I feel the business just killed the business. It so it's like self ate itself. The business. Like some people it. like didn't like it because he disrespected the business. Company. By breaking character to talking talk to the kids of his, their father who was just knocked out scarily, and it was pretty scary. It looked like he was dead. Like it's, if you weren't watching it, the Shane McMahon Vince's son did this top rope maneuver, and this other guy hit him, and he his head hit the mat so hard that he like instantly had a concussion. And then there's what his reaction is actually something that's known called the fencing. Um, fencing reaction or fencing defense Mm -hmm. because once you get hit so hard with this concussion your arms move outward so he was on the ground and the plan was for him to get pinned he was done when he got this move so all he had to do was lay there and he would be done but he was hit so hard that his body and eyeballs like reacted he's like his arms like moved up so the ref had to stop the count and everyone was like, uh, oh, I think he's really hurt. So, like, crap. I was watching, and I was like, holy crap, he looks really bad. <laughs> like, he might be seriously injured. So then everyone was just like, uh, what do we do now? So the ref's like, okay, he's done. We need help out here. So the other wrestlers had to figure out, okay, we have to kill time now. So they're trying to fight on the outside. And then the cameraman was probably told, okay, get the camera off Shane McMahon right now. So he pans to Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. who at that point is now talking to Shane McMahon's kids in the front row, consoling them, saying, like, he's going to be okay. And the son, like, nods. He's like, I know. And then, then he walks away. So that was, like, a really cool moment for Randy Orton to, like, know, because to think that, to know, remember that his kids are in the front row watching this. The Viper. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot, of, a lot of retweets with people oh, calling yeah. him class act, the Viper. The Viper's classy. Viperville. The Viper. Out of nowhere. Randy Norton out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to wrap it up. We're getting Rocket League in tonight. Tell you I'll what. Tell you. Yep. you kids with you kids you guys you kids out there with young kids. The Scooby Doo WWE business <laughs> is a franchise unto itself. There's like the four Vi- movies out there. Is the Viper in it? The Viper might be in it. So you give the RKO out of nowhere to Scoob? RKO out of nowhere. Everybody's in it. Everybody. Dusty Rhodes is in the last one. 
Dusty, Dusty Rhodes? Dusty Rhodes and his two kids, Goldust and Stardust. They were oh, like God. standing at his shoulders. I mean, it, it was a big, it was a brand new world premiere just this past Sunday. You got to wow. get on it, got kids, kids with kids. <laughs> it's, it's, it was amazing. The, the, the cross promotion. I mean, everybody was in it. Everybody. Yeah, they, they promoted one of them on Monday Night Raw and they got roasted for it. They were pr- promoting Scooby Doo. The business. The biz. They disrespected the business. Yeah. By promoting <laughs> Scooby Doo on Monday Night Raw. Uh, we gotta get out of here. Play some Rocket League.